Blog Talk Radio. And welcome once again to the Lucky Mojo Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Clifford Lowe of clifflow.com in scenic, scenic, New Jersey, and in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-host, Catherine Ironwood of luckymojo.com in Forestville, California, and Conjurman of conjurmanconsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. This week, we'll be joined by special guest Freya Rose of FreyaHealings.com in Fiery, New Mexico, bringing us today's topic of how to speak with spirits. They will take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo conjurer root work as divined and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodoists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first, let's catch up with our co-hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Conjure Man. Ms. Cat. Hi. Well, I just made it into the show on time. It's a beautiful day out here in Forestville. The roses are in bloom. It's Mother's Day. I woke up to a beautiful tribute of roses and breakfast in bed, served by Nagashiva. Just lovely. And then, um, you know, things being what they are, the yang and the yin of it all, we had to um, say goodbye and euthanize our beautiful old cat, Copper, Copper Kitty who's, uh, mm-hmm. as, best, as best we could estimate, was 17, might have been 18. We got him as a young adult, and um, he um, came to us mm-hmm. because uh, yeah. my, um, my stepsister, Holly, was visiting us, and she had her two skipper-key dogs, one of whom was a rescue dog that she had just recently rescued. And the skipper key, she let the skipper keys off to run around and do their duty outside. And one of the skipper keys, the older rescue dog, just took off. I don't know. We thought he was going to find his old home or something. And uh, we, of course, went hysterical. And she put up uh, notices all over the place, you know, lost skipper key. We took skipper key pictures off the Internet because he was just a typical black dog. And um, and he was... Um, uh, microchipped and he was found and the person who found him very conscientiously drove him to the uh, Humane Society where his chip was read and so all of that was going on. She went down to get her dog and she drove all the way to Sebastopol to get to get um, Fuzzy Wuzzy which was his name and um, he'd been found less than a block from our house but of course the person didn't know he just had taken the dog to the Humane Society right? So she had to drive all the way down there. When she got down there, there was a woman with a cat in a box. And the woman said the cat had been um, abandoned in Sebastopol at an apartment building. And um, no one had claimed it. And this woman said, I'd really like to find this cat a good home, but I can't take care of it. And the lady at the Humane Society said, I'm so sorry, we can't take any cats because we've had an outbreak of some cat 
disease, mange or something, it was some skin disease, and um, you, we can't take any until we've disinfected the whole place. I'm sorry. And so my stepsister, Holly, called me up and said, do you want a cat? There's this cat. And I said, I don't think so. I, I don't need a cat. And she goes, okay, what will I do with it? And I said, well, um, uh, take it to the shelter. Now, I thought she misused the word. She said, I'm at the pound. But she wasn't at the pound. She was at the shelter. So I said, take it to the shelter. She didn't say, I'm at the shelter. She goes, where's that? And somebody in the background, and you know, talking to her, said, oh, you mean the one up on Airport Road? And I'm like, that's not right. Okay. And I said, yeah, that's okay. Maybe I'm wrong. So she drove with this cat all the way up to Airport Road. And, and while she was driving, I thought, wait a minute. No, she's taking it to the kill pound. Oh, no. Oh, oh no. no. She, she luckily called me, and she goes, I'm lost. How do I get there? I said, turn around. Come back. Don't, don't right. Bring the cat to me. Oh, no. <laughs> and so she brought the cat back, which was in this little cat carrier cardboard box. And I said, I guess we have to um, have this cat, right? But what happened was um, we everyone looked at the cat, and I said, somebody must take this cat. And everyone said, no, no, no. So she took the cat back to the shelter, and they said, well, you know, it probably would be adopted, blah, 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 blah. And she, she just left for Sacramento with her two skipper keys and left the cat. And the whole time I'm going, no, they're going to kill the cat, they're going to kill the cat. But by that time, the cat had been processed into the concentration camp and could not be sprung, right? Oh, so no. um, Eileen, who uh, is our shipping department manager, and her mother, Diana, of, of blessed memory, um, they they came from out of the Society for Creative Anachronism, and they knew how to do a little bit of amateur acting. And I said, look, the only way we can get this cat out is to claim that we lost it. Right? And they said, yeah. I said, so let's work up a scenario here. So I wrote them a story that Eileen had just moved out of her mom's house, and she was living in this apartment complex in Sebastopol, and her when she was moving, unfortunately, break into tears here, had to move back to mom's because they just didn't have money to make the rent. And then when I was just moving the furniture, the cat got out the door. Right? And they knew this cat had oh, been wow. found at this apartment complex in Sebastopol. So Nice. I had the money. I was supposed to be the aunt. I didn't look at all like them. They're big, uh, big um, Germanic ladies, and I'm just this little Jewish gal. But I was supposed to be the aunt. I had the money, and um, and I went along with them. And, and of course, they went through this whole thing with Diana comforting Eileen, Eileen weeping. It's my cat. Wow. It's my cat, right? They let us in the back. We saw the cat. And she goes, "That's him." And they brought him out, and they said, "Okay, we have to ask you a few questions. How did you lose this cat?" Oh, and told them all. And the whole time, Eileen is weeping, and and Diana is petting her and saying, "It's okay. It's okay. We're getting him back." Oh my gosh. <laughs> and this is amazing. And then, and then they, sprang, they sprang the question, has he been neutered? And Eileen oh. br- brilliantly improvised. She goes, I don't know, Mom. I thought he was. <laughs> and Diana said, well, when we got him, we thought he was. And they go, yep, he's neutered. <laughs> nice. Oh, Lord. So we had to pay $72 <laughs> to, to spring him. <laughs> And processed yeah. all the paperwork, and we got him back. What amazing accomplices. <laughs> yes. He lived here every I told my... and He was about a year old when we got him. So that was his mystery origin, and he became a shop kitty. He became a favorite of Heidi's. 
Leslie, mm-hmm. uh, Nikki Wilson, everybody loved Copper, and he was just such a good guy. And he he um, he had very regal um, posture, and he looked like a statue of Bastet. He was one of these tall cats. And when we did his um, DNA, he turned out to be part Abyssinian and part exotic Ooh. short hair and yeah yeah he was a, and part Maine coon cat which he didn't look like he had short hair but he had the big frame but he mm-hmm. um, he was also part Egyptian meow which is a very obscure breed and he looked it and so we don't know anything about where he came from he was just an orange cat with a white chest and a little white sprinkle on his face and white paws but um, so it was very sad for us you know you know that day is going to come and uh, they don't live as long as we do, but yeah, yeah, we had a nice long run with Copper. We will always remember him. So we buried him out in the courtyard with a blanket of roses over his little coffin, and um, oh, that's beautiful. And we all said our last little pieces, and um, we buried him in the the courtyard is where we bury dogs and cats. We have a little dog statue and a little cat statue to stand guard over them, and an angel that stands guard over them, and even. We've even had customers bring dead pets when they lived in apartments and couldn't bury their pets and brought them to our courtyard. It's the Missionary Independent Spiritual Church Pet Cemetery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, anyway, that's been our week. Um, I've been working on my book, um, the uh, book on... Dolls, which is, I'm now prepared to say it's a book on dolls, and doll magic. I have seven pages left to go. And uh, my patrons who support my writing at a rate of about $2 a week, I'm so grateful for them, make it possible for me to write these books and get them out. And um, that's the news from Forestville. So, Conjurman, how has your week been? Well, first, what a what a story that was. I love that. Uh, if anyone could hear water in the background, I do apologize. I was washing my hands as I was listening. Um, but yes, that's, uh, that was, uh, I love that there was like an accomplice, and you all worked so hard. I mean, that, that was very quite beautiful. And it was in all instances a true dra- jailbreak, and I think that's very cool. Uh, that's that's a really fantastic memory or that you can cherish. Uh, happy Mother's Day to you, Miss Cat, and Happy Mother's Day to all the wonderful, amazing mothers out there in the world. We cherish each and every one of you. Uh, it's been a fantastic week, quite busy. Uh, for those of you who are looking for readings, I only have one slot left in June, so I've been booked up, unfortunately, quite fast, or I should say fortunately. I'm very blessed. But if you are interested in reading, I do have one slot left. You can just go and check that out. Uh, I do want to mention just real briefly that uh, Miss Cat recommended a movie to me, Pie, and I am slated to watch it tonight. So I will be oh, reporting good. back on what on what my good one about this movie is uh, in, in a few days. So look forward look forward to a text message. Uh, but I have it all prepared. I've got it all set up on my TV, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to be watching this thing tonight. So that's what my plan is for tonight. Other than that, I've been quite busy, uh, still very much uh, starting out with, with people wanting to know, you know, what their future is looking like, particularly in regards to planning. Uh, the cat and I have been discussing this for a while, is that people are really reassessing where their life is headed. And in the case of cat, it's been a lot of work stuff. Well, I have had work stuff. For me, it's been relationship stuff. People are reassessing, like, is this, mm-hmm. 
Is this how it's supposed to be? Is, am I supposed to be single? Am I supposed to be married? Uh, right. One that I got recently, which has been very interesting. And so people were really reassessing. And I think, again, just the pandemic made people rethink, do I want to live the, this way? Am I comfortable being alone or am I comfortable oh, living yeah. with this other person? Maybe I'm not comfortable with this. Maybe I wasn't slated to be uh, married and cohabitating, or maybe I'm better off alone. So people are really rethinking, but people are also asking, I've been single for years. Is this it? Can I, am I supposed mm-hmm. to find happiness? So a lot of me is, is trying to diagnose, explain, reassess, and help people come to the realization and, and really take advantage of planning their future. This month looks good for this, and this day we should do this, and planning for that. So that's been a lot of what I've, I've been doing which is rewarding work. But again, some art historian or archivist in the future really needs to look at the notes of readers from these past few years. They will give you an insight of what is really going on because you can see it. (laughs) And everyone I talk to, they're like, oh, yeah, yep, we see it in their clients. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Speaking of readers, I want to give a shout-out here to Clifford. Uh, as as you all know, he has been our announcer here um, for a while, doing very well in the announcing biz. And, of course, Clifford yeah. is a reader, has been a reader. And um, uh, Clifford is um, going to be joining Hoodoo Psychics and AIR just as fast as we mm, can get everything processed. Yeah. Yeah. So I just want to say, um, ask Clifford now, because now he's officially one of us almost. Um, Clifford, <laughs> how was your week and what's been going on in your life as a reader and root worker and as a person? Um, this has been a very good week for me. Um, a long brewing magical project came to fruition. Uh, many years ago, uh, I became slightly famous for having reverse engineered a section of Picatrix, which is a book of astrological magic, and making a ring of wealth, which gave me over a million dollars, substantially over a million dollars. Um, and I did a lecture tour for this, but there were some scoffers who said it was a coincidence. So I decided mm-hmm. to prove them wrong by making a second set of talismans from Picatrix to do something similar but slightly different. And I made a lawsuit talisman, and the lawsuit got finalized a few days ago, and now I'm a multimillionaire. Hell yeah, uh, Clifford. <laughs> wonderful news. Congratulations. And, and well, I mean, you, anyone who anyone <laughs> who doubts the anyone who doubts the Picatrix and the Rayado Hakim are are fools. Let's just say <laughs> those talismans work. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. And they well, work very well in combination with Hoodoo because a lot of it was augmented by candlework bought from the Lucky Mojo shop. Yeah. I, I know because we fill many, many boxes that say low <laughs> on the side and we send them to Clifford. Yes. Um, uh, that's that. a, a, a fabulous um well, um people will soon be showing up on your doorstep saying, Make me a multimillionaire too. We should we should explain, uh, Clifford, if you can, just for a sentence or two for people who are new here, what is the Picatrix uh, so they can understand what it is you're talking about? Because for newcomers, they're looking at it. What the hell did he just say? Yeah. Sure. Okay. Um, it's, it's one of the most famous books of magic in all of history. It's one of the, also one of the most mysterious books in history. Um, it was originally written as Raid al-Hakim in Arabic around 1000 AD, and it was an attempt to compile all the best books of magic of its period. 
It was translated Mm -hmm. um, in a highly expurgated form about 200 years later into Spanish and then into Latin and then became popularized 200 years later in the dawn of the Renaissance Italy by a famous doctor named Marsilia Ficino who worked for the Medicis. And it spread throughout Mm -hmm. Europe like a storm. Um, It became less popular um, because one of its advocates was Giardana Bruno, who was burned at the stake, and people became a little bit scared of it after that point. But it has a reputation Mm -hmm. for being one of the most powerful books of magic in all history. And it's an astrological magic grimoire. Yeah, and it also overlaps quite well with natural magic. The reason why uh, Clifford was talking about hoodoo there is just fling stuff out of the air, the, the Picatrix, or originally the Raya del Hakim, because the two are slightly different. There's some missing chapters in the Picatrix. But it's actually mm-hmm. the combination of astral magic and natural magic. There's a doll baby work in there uh, for a cat mm-hmm. who's writing a book mm-hmm. about it. There's some very interesting mm-hmm. effigy work, statue work in there, working with various herbs, working with various minerals, all sorts of natural remedies as well. It really was one of the most remarkable books written at the time. Uh, and still remains a popular tool for traditional astrologers and astral mages like Clifford, myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Christopher Warnock is a big fan of it. Uh, he created a mm-hmm. whole series of simplified, we'll say, simplified rituals around it. So it is one of the more popular books on astral magic, but also natural magic. And for those of you that are hoodoo practitioners with a astral inclination, there's some really good translations in English. Check them out. Mm-hmm. Which translations would you recommend? So Greer, um, uh, or, or I would say that um, the translation done by Warnock and Chris, uh, I mean, Clifford, feel free to throw in your, your two cents on this. But I think well, Warnock does a pretty good job. Uh, he does get some of the Latin wrong, I'll be honest. Uh, so, mm-hmm. so no shade to, to Warnock. He does a phenomenal job. <laughs> but the best academic translation of it is actually done by Dan Attrell, who's uh, compiles the Latin. It's just kind of quite brilliant. Um, not an astrologer, so the, the sort of technical aspects of it is a bit clunky, but the actual Latin translation is probably the best. And if you're looking for a person who's actually examined all of the Latin manuscripts, or several of them, and compiled a scholastic, then I would pick up Dan Antrell's Picatrix personally. Oh, all sure. right. Um, let, me, let, me, let me augment that um, the um, sections on astrology are better translated than the Greer-Warnock, which is really essential to understand it if you're trying to calculate um, the charts that are necessary. But the Latin overall is better in the Attrell translation. Yeah, hmm. yeah, yeah. Though I'll say, and obviously I'm quite biased in this regard, uh, the Picatrix sure. itself is actually quite flawed as a text. Uh, and having mm-hmm. read both the Latin and the Arabic, I will say there's several sections that are completely mistranslated in the Latin, uh, and probably about well over 150 spells that are missing. So the Arabic is the original, the Latin is the addition, we'll say. But the, in- the kind of beauties of modern technology in the 21st century we now have it all available in English. So you can find mm-hmm. these Latin translations in English, and they're relatively accessible if you have some knowledge of, of astrological magic. All right. Wow. Okay. Well, um, I'm waiting for, like I did with Black and White Magic of Marie Laveau, I'm waiting for the compiled edition, <laughs> right? <laughs> With uh, yes. com- the compared edition corrected and, and everything. Oh, I, I love know there's, compared edition. I know there are warring editions of the Picatrixes, we might say. <laughs> and and uh, there was a, you know, there was a, 
there's a question of a, an economical edition also. Why is there not a, you know, mm-hmm. it's, you know, academic. Well, you know what I'm going to say. It should be on no, the streets. No, 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 you're right. You're right. It, it should be on the streets for, you know, under 15 bucks. Um, I think there was a wiser edition, too, which I checked out, which was quite miserable, if I'm not mistaken, but I couldn't oh, be wrong. Exactly. <laughs> Well, there's, there was right. the Ouroboros version. There's so Ouroboros, many versions at this point. I'm sorry, not Wiser. No, no shade to Wiser. It was Ouroboros. That was the one. Yeah. Well, it, in, in any case, that's the Picatrix, and that's how Clifford <laughs> made his millions, and um, and Yay! stands here to tell us about it. All right. Now we're going to bring in our guest. We're running a little over time here, so I want to to move on. But that was exciting, Clifford, and congratulations. Um, Thank you very so, much. So. Um, uh, Dr. Jarensberg in the um, in the chat says, "And who better to make it happen than all than you all?" Yeah, um, <laughs> maybe we can have the addition by by Clifford and Conjurman, huh? Hey. No, I'd like it. I love a lot of work, but it's too busy. <laughs> <laughs> too busy, too much work. But okay. maybe someday, someday. Maybe someday, all right. All right, well, today now we're going to bring in our guest, um, Freya Rose. Freya has um, uh, been recently a member, became a member of AIR, a member of Hoodoo Psychics. If you have not checked out her uh, services as a reader or root worker, you ought to. Um, has moved to um, New Mexico recently, and um, I'm just real glad to have her here. So, Freya, tell us what's happening with your life these days. <laughs> well, it's not. I'm not making it rain like Clifford, but no, I've got my own kind of excitement going on right now. Um, I did. I moved to New Mexico from Oregon about almost two years ago now to northern New Mexico. And we just got settled into this little log cabin in this town called Mora, which is just nestled in these canyons in northeastern New Mexico. And then this sort of like fire apocalypse just started happening. I don't know if you all have read about it, but it's like all over the national news at this point. Every single Mm -hmm. like water scooping plane in the country is now in my neck of the woods because it's messed up. Um, so yeah, we had to get evacuated, but I'm so grateful. I have it so much, so much better than so many people there because I have a, a generous father-in-law just up in Colorado with the large house who doesn't mind us crashing here and taking over the life a little bit. So that's where I am with with my own little old man, orange cat, you know. And yeah, the <laughs> copper kitty hit me hard. Like I'm, I'm so glad that my kitty family is safe. We're safe. Like we're so, so <laughs> blessed. And I'm for your continued safety. Thank you. There's a yeah. There's a historic wind event happening now too, along with the fire, and it's of course blowing right in the direction of my home. And so, but I'm just sort of of the mindset. You know, anyone spiritual. I think we're all kind of in this together, where we're like, we'll see what happens. You know, Mm -hmm. if it's for the best. I'm okay with it. Ultimately, I have my safety. I have what's important to me. I got my tarot card. What do I need? You know, I'm good. Yeah, I, uh, I know what you mean. Right? Mm-hmm. And we've, so, we've, uh, I mean, Shiva and I have been evacuated twice from our place yeah. here because the fire is along oh, the river. Ever. And um, yes. each time, uh, each time our house was spared by just even a few miles. And so we Oof. we oh, feel like we, you know, we're just hunkered down, going, is it going to go? happen again we don't know so right. my heart goes out to, uh, my heart goes out to you it's it's devastating and um mm. folks stop 
stop burning fossil fuels, stop killing nature, mm. please? Can you just right. do that for the rest of us? We really would like it, you know? No kidding. Mm. It's so hot because of climate change. There's a historic drought. That's mm. 100% what's going on, just like with California. Um, mm-hmm. But thank you, guys. And just for yeah. the listeners, I mean, I'm I'm so fortunate that I'm still, you know, taking appointments where I am. I've got everything I need to, to help folks still, so... Feel oh, free to nice. keep making appointments or call Hoodoo Psychics. I'm just temporarily exiled. <laughs> but still oh. doing my thing. Right. Well, hopefully, and you're going to you're going to be home soon. Yeah, yeah. We hope you get Thank back you. to your home. You're also going to be part of the Hoodoo Heritage Festival, along with yes. um, Clifford and and yours truly. And um, so we we look forward to see you um, presenting work at that festival. But let's get to our topic for today, which is a tutorial on how to speak for spirits and how to enter into trance states. Mm. So I'm just going to turn this over to you. We we ate into your time a little bit, so please start talking. Oh, me, Freya? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you, Freya. It's, okay, cool. it's on Thank you. you no, this is my favorite topic ever. I'm so excited for this. So thank you so much for having me on. Um, there are so many ways to speak with spirits. And so I think I'm just going to name some of my few. Like when clients come to me, oftentimes they're just having kind of a spiritual awakening or they're just starting to open up to their psychic gifts and they're like, whoa, what's out there? You know, I feel like spirits are trying to contact me or how do I get in contact with ancestors, gods, angels? whoever they're interested in working with. Uh, so if you're not clear audience, which means you get a little whisper in your ear <laughs> from spirits, uh, here's kind of a way to get started. Like, number one, just open yourself up to the possibilities of, of kind of who's out there. If you've never worked mm. with a spirit guide or your ancestors or anything like that, the first step is to just be open to it. Be willing to look for signs from them. That's kind of the easiest way. Like if you're trying to get in touch with ancestors who you want to know if they're helping you, who would help you with your magic, help you with your spiritual evolution, um, one thing is to just, you know, pray. Have a little prayer at first and be like, hey, any ancestors who are watching over me, who are working for my greatest good, uh, who are willing to come and speak with me, make yourself known. And then start looking for signs. Like if it's with deities, you know, look for things that are repeating in your life. Like if you see an owl outside, if someone mentions owls on the news, if you see a kid walk Mm -hmm. by with an owl backpack, start being like, hold up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> who is related to owls? Who is trying to get in touch with me? Maybe it's Minerva from the Greek mm-hmm. pantheon or something like mm-hmm. that. So opening yourself up and being willing to look for the signs is exactly how I got started. And it's it's almost like once you start noticing these things, the floodgates open. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or it's like exercising a muscle at the gym. You know, you start off, you're unsure, you're not sure what you're doing, uh, you have fits and starts, but then after a while, that muscle gets more developed. You start, you know, potentially seeing visions, hearing spirits speaking to you in your ear, getting dreams, things like that. Uh, So the first step is openness and intent. But also one of my favorite ways to get in touch with spirits is I almost think of it like spirits, we're on this very dense kind of physical plane. Spirits are behind almost this sort of thin veil, Whether you think of it as 
like dimensions or planes all overlapping each other, or whether you think of it like they're in heaven, they're in a different realm than we are here. It's almost like you're trying to figure out how to reach out and touch somebody, how to traverse that ground between you and that other place where spirit resides. So one mm-hmm. of the best ways to do that is through altered states of consciousness, where you almost mm-hmm. make yourself mm. lighter, you travel upward towards where the spirits are, and then they can kind of travel down and meet you. It's like um, it's like looking for bars on your cell phone or something. <laughs> like we're all in a valley right now, and going into a trance state is a way to kind of like climb up a hill and look for a good mm-hmm. signal so you can get in touch with who you want to talk to. So I'm not great at meditating because I'm very ADD, if y'all haven't figured that out from my rate of speaking. (laughs) So one of my favorite ways to do it is something called uh, shamanic drumming. And, of course, I don't have my drum or my rattle with me because they're in New Mexico right now. Uh, But shamanic drumming is this very fast, rhythmic drumming. It's usually four or five beats per second. And so if any of you are interested in maybe trying this out, trying to go on a shamanic journey to speak with spirits, just look it up on YouTube or Google. Uh, it should mm. be very fast, like that kind of rhythm. Mm-hmm. And get yourself somewhere quiet, close your eyes, listen to the drums, and just let your body get really heavy. Let your consciousness just sort of sink into your body your mind is quiet, your body's quiet, and the drumming actually helps quiet my kind of super busy mind. So if there are those of you out there who are like, oh, how do I meditate? How do I get quiet enough to hear from any sort of spirits? This might be the thing that kicks it off for you. But anyway, there are various ways that once you're relaxed and you're in that state listening to the drums, that you can either picture yourself traveling upward to what the shamans call the upper world, which is where you can encounter spirits like angels, deities, uh, higher, almost celestial energies. They're in what is called the upper world. The middle world is almost like like a mirror version or like like a different spirit version of the world that we're in right now, like Earth. So that's where you want to go if you want to you know, explore your own home and look for your car keys or or something like that. (laughs) But if we're talking to spirits, uh, there's also the lower world or the underworld, which you can travel to. And that is where people go to access animal guides, like lots of um, Native American shamanistic workers go down to travel to meet up with spirit animals, animal guides, things like that. That's also where you can encounter ancestors. And even like mythological creatures, quote-unquote, like dragons or unicorns or griffins. It's almost like, I don't know if they're from another planet or dimension or if they're a thought form that we've all created collectively or what. (laughs) But I know that I've talked to them and they're there and they're helpful. So (laughs) if you want to experience those kind of folks, you can travel downward to the lower world or the underworld and encounter them there. So... It's interesting, like once you're in that relaxed state, you can picture yourself crawling through like a hole beneath a tree down into the earth to go to the underworld. You can swim through a body of water down into the underworld. It's almost like creating a doorway or some sort of portal 
for your mind and your spirit to understand, oh, I'm going downward now. I'm going to the underworld, and here's how I'm getting there. So you want to have, before you start, you want to have an intention in your mind, like, I would like to meet up with an animal guide. I would like to meet up with an ancestor. And then you imagine that portal or doorway, like, I'm going through this hole in the tree. I'm climbing down some steps. I'm going down, down. And then you'll eventually come to a place in your mind that's an open space, like a cave or a cavern or even like a grassy field. You'll see it in your mind's eye, and someone will be waiting there for you. And that's the way that you kind of start a conversation. And you can do the same exact thing with the upper world. Some people envision a ladder that they climb up into the heavens, past the stars, up, 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 until they also kind of go through some sort of membrane. Like you'll know it when you feel it. There's universally some sort of like separation that happens where you climb through and you're in a new place and someone's there waiting for you a god, mm-hmm. an angel, uh, a celestial being, extraterrestrial sometimes. Uh, and so, yeah, that's a great way to get started, to hold an intent like anyone who wants to work with me and help me reach my greatest good, I'm coming up to see you. You know, we're mm-hmm. making an appointment. Some people mm-hmm. travel to that upper world on like a pillar of smoke or on the back of an eagle. Or sometimes I would like go up on a hot air balloon or something like that. The whole point is whatever makes sense to you. So when you're in that relaxed, kind of altered state, listening to those drums, you have a way for your spirit to visualize which way to go. That's basically all it is. You're just helping yourself get to where you're going. And there are so many ways to do it. Um, Word to the wise. Speaking with spirits is a lot like making friends with people online. <laughs> Where, mm-hmm. You know, you can get catfished, so mm-hmm. I'm just going to say that right now. Uh, or, you know, when you're working with your ancestors, I mean, bless their hearts, like some of my ancestors, not the most helpful, right? Like my father passed away when I was younger, and I'm not a huge fan of trying to work with him because dude's got problems. Like I know he's doing mm-hmm. his own healing, in the spirit world right now, and I'm just going to let them do that. If you wouldn't take advice from somebody in real life, just, you know, grain of salt when they're a spirit, because mm-hmm. they're still the same. They're mm-hmm. from the dead that I've had the privilege of speaking to. They're growing. They have a different, higher perspective oftentimes, but, I mean, they're still the same person, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's helpful, but yeah. take things with a grain of salt. You know, this about this is interesting about ancestors. I'm just going to jump in on that mm-hmm. for a moment. Yes. Um, I I have um, talked with a lot of people who come from cultures in which ancestor veneration is part of the culture, particularly African-American friends mm-hmm. and clients. And one of the most common questions is, I keep on getting messages from, you know, Uncle Henry, and he was a drunk and he used to beat his wife. What am I going to right. do? And I say, say hi, Uncle Henry, and just move on. <laughs> you know? Right, hang up and, on um, Uncle Henry. You can do that. Right. right. <laughs> so, so I, I actually went to the trouble of researching this in African religions because I thought, well, African American uh, folk ways would derive from mm-hmm. African traditional culture, and I found that there are actually quite a lot of um, written and and uh, 
contemporary and um, old um, uh, anthropological uh, accounts of dividing ancestors into worthy ancestors and unworthy ancestors. Oh yeah, and so and one of the one of the jobs of the um, priest is to say to somebody, no, that's an unworthy ancestor. Don't mm-hmm. just don't mm-hmm. go there. Right? Right. So that, but then but then you can look for the worthy ancestors, and I found that was true um, in my uh, ancestral journey as well. Right. Uh, there right. were some that were just sort of mean, and I was like, okay, well. Okay, thanks for giving me that mean look, and I'm not going to go there. <laughs> the the same is true of deities. Not every deity is meant for everyone. Somebody says, you know, oh, I yeah. worship Thor, and I go, oh, no, thank you. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> everyone has same, their thing, yeah. you know, and they, they, you know, they, they like them or they don't. Um, right. So don't assume that just because an entity is a deity that that's mm. the right deity for you. And then the last one is about what you mentioned about animal spirits, and I'm going to say something mm-hmm. about that too. Tricksters sometimes will um, – there are certain animals that are known to be tricksters, like um, coyote, oh, yeah. for instance. Mm-hmm. And so when people say to me, yeah, my animal guide is coyote, I go, really now? Right? That's <laughs> kind of – you know, you've just – I mean, really? Okay. Totally. I'll be yeah. sure – I'll be sure to hold you at just a hand-arm's distance because that tells me what you're identifying with and who you take as your guide. If someone says, you know, my my animal spirit is raven, I go, hmm, okay, that's, you know, that's pretty dark, right? And if they go, my my animal spirit is Malabar giant squirrel, I go, I'm in, you know? Yeah, Malabar <laughs> giant squirrel, fantastic. So... You by their ancestral and by their animal guides, you will know your friends on Earth. That is so funny, Miss Cat. I was I was going to bring that up because it is funny. I do work with tricksters, but mm-hmm. I mean, you have to keep them on a short leash, right? You have to know who you're mm-hmm. dealing with. Just like mm-hmm. with a human friend, if they're full mm-hmm. of nonsense, but sometimes it's helpful nonsense that tricks you into doing the right thing. I mean, you know. Take it mm-hmm. with a grain of salt. I do work with coyote and raven, so that's you're just making me laugh. <laughs> but I mean, sometimes I appreciate being tricked into doing the right thing for myself. Like sometimes there's mm. a, something that is good for me, but I hate it. You know, like mm-hmm. the eating vegetables of the spiritual journey. And so I really think that's why trickster god. I, I relate them to Hermes. Mercury, mm. uh, Anansi, sure. the spider god in Africa. I really yeah. think that's all the same vibe, the same general dude. It's a very similar. It's a aspect. similar vibe. Yeah, yeah. I, I will say that. Um, I like a good. I, uh, that's all I, I, I appreciate them. I appreciate them, but <laughs> they are not um, for everyone. <laughs> they're not for everyone, and Malabar giant squirrel is really nice. You know, have you ever? I mean, you can try it out sometime. Just go look for Malabar giant squirrel. You will find truly one of the nicest spirit guides you'll ever find. Just I love saying. that. <laughs> <laughs> like a, well, it depends. Um, I swear, gods come to you based on. I, I think they're all just reflections of a bigger creator. If that makes any sense, it's kind of my way mm-hmm. of making sense of it in my squishy little human brain. Is that it's mm-hmm. like that giant divine energy kind of divides itself up into little personalities that will mesh with us, 
And so mm-hmm. it's whoever kind of you can learn from or who mm-hmm. will take advantage of you. So y'all be careful, I'm just saying. But, but yeah, I mm. think the people who come to us to help us are there because they gel with our personality in a way that is helpful. It's like mm-hmm. the right teacher for the right student. And um, right. I, I had a friend once who was like, I work with Ganesha, and because I'm sort of like soft and like to be coddled, he is soft with me, and he coddles me. But with other people, he's a hard ass, you know? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you might have a, a gentle deity if that's what it, it is best for you to learn. If that's how you mm-hmm. receive information, the best. But yeah, yeah, it's a wonderful well, thing, though. You can... Yeah, mm-hmm. and I, I want to say something else about trances too. Um, mm-hmm. Not everyone finds it easy to go into a trance, and certainly shamanic mm-hmm. drumming mm-hmm. is a good way to go there. Um, historically speaking, and I know this is a touchy thing to talk about on a you know live radio show, historically speaking, there are certain psychoactive uh, plant spirits. Yes. Oh, yeah. And yes. so, uh, but I recommend not using uh, factory-made drugs. And um, mm-hmm. I just, just say in that, not that plants are less toxic, less intoxicating, but the dosages will be determined by traditional culture. In -hmm. other words, um, there's a a definite definite line between smoking natural opium from an opium poppy and fentanyl. Okay, so we're just going to go there. (laughs) Be careful. I don't like opiates myself. Also, if you're going to use any of these, don't just let your friends go, here, try this. Right. Oh Not my a good God. Idea. Right. Um, start, do your research. Also, think about how that might interact with your uh, genetics. In other words, for some people, a little glass of um, Manischewitz wine or four little glasses of Manischewitz wine at Passover is like too much, and you know already the doors open and Elijah walks in. Oh my gosh! You give the of all the people, Elijah. <laughs> you, you give the you give the average that. Jew four glasses of wine and they'll see Elijah right away. Um, but there are other people who need something stronger. Uh, marijuana is a, or you know cannabis is another one that's very popular for inducing visions mm-hmm. and psilocybin and so forth. I personally I would just say don't you know don't go to ayahuasca unless you want to go down a very deep rabbit hole and you might not come up again. So ayahuasca a, you know, will beat your ass. If you need it, yeah. too. So yeah, yeah. Be well, it's just you know, be, yeah. Be ask, ask, and you shall receive. I want my ass beaten. That's okay, correct. take ayahuasca. Um, <laughs> so there's a there's just something we need to say about that. But you don't need to do psychedelics to do right. or right. psychotropics. Some people, if you go back to the Native right. Americans, just smoking tobacco will put you mm-hmm. in a state which is a religious trance state. The yep. problem is yep. when tobacco becomes commercially available and you're smoke, smoke, smoking, and then you become an addict. But that's true. Right. Any of these, any of these um, drugs, they were made to be used in a supervised, culturally um, made setting. They, mm. they work within those settings. They don't mm-hmm. coming out of a vending machine. They're not as good for you, is my opinion. Right. You know? Oh yeah, you know psilocybin mushrooms have been one of my most cheerful and helpful plant spirit guides, mm-hmm. and it mm-hmm. it is it's exactly like you were saying. And what we were talking about earlier is like building up that trance muscle. It's mm-hmm. like uh, when you first start with 
trying to do any sort of trance, it's going to be hard. You're going to get distracted. You might not make it. But the mm-hmm. more you practice, the better. And for mm-hmm. me, using psilocybin, I I almost like got used to that feeling of crossing the threshold into the spirit world. And you kind of like your body remembers what that feels like. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they're funny. They're little tricksters, I think. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I I laugh with them and I'm into that. So, uh, so yeah, mm-hmm. after I had taken some journeys with them for spiritual purposes, I found it so much easier to just sort of slip into that feeling in my body. It's almost like mm-hmm. a heaviness behind your third eye. Um, and later with the ritual, I'll talk about a little doorway that resides in your body that you can use to enter that state. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a way of almost building that muscle memory. But uh, I love the tradition too in the Southwest. Maria Sabina is a famous, famous curandera mm-hmm. uh, or healing woman in Mexico. Yeah. And she used mushrooms and rituals with people. She would give them to them with honey. And then her job was to go into the spirit world with them and sort of like keep their focus as they were journeying. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, well, we're tripping, man. But it's like you're here for right. a reason to meet with your ancestors. They had a little altar set up with like the picturing of the ancestors they wanted to speak with or the deities. And she would just like brush her long hair by candlelight and kind of draw people's attention to the hair and the motion of the brushing and help them stay focused and stay entranced mm. so that they could mm-hmm. do what they came there to do. I just mm. think that's so fascinating. I, I love that idea of just the hairbrushing think, by the kids. I, I think this is, a, this is a really good place to, to pause and really talk about the component mm-hmm. of community here. So yes. uh, a lot of, a lot of uh, magical practice in the mm, United States, and I would say in Europe, has become solitary practitioners. So a lot of you do it on your own, you do it on your own, you do it on your own. But mm-hmm. uh, as, a, as this conversation about psychotropics has really uh, emphasized, this was traditionally a communal practice, a practice that involved passing on knowledge from a teacher onto a student. Um, if you're comfortable and people do stuff like that in order to get to a trance state, but traditionally trance states were done as a guided experience. Mm-hmm. It was not done like, oh, I'm going to go into a trance on Friday night. That's generally not how it works. That's really a result of urban apartment capitalism. You live in an apartment and you're trying to commune with spirits. But in general, you were guided by someone who had already walked down that path, who knew how mm-hmm. to do it. And this is, you, this is ubiquitous. You find it across cultures where there's this notion of you guide the person. And that's how you develop this sort of communication with spirits. This also helps to deal with many of the topics we've talked about. First, the issue of psychotropics, right? You shouldn't be taking this, uh, substances if you don't know what you're doing. Don't just go mm-hmm. taking datura because you think it's cool and it's going to give you a high. There's a, there's a process here. Ayahuasca, you know, people are like, oh, ayahuasca is very much deeply a spiritual practice with a guide who knows how to make the proper ayahuasca, who knows what dosage that you're going to oh, take, yeah. enough to, to create a purgative experience, enough to create yeah. a, a psychic mediumship experience, but not enough to lead to something bad, right? Like if, you, if you're with a guide, you're not going to have a bad experience. You're not going right. to have horrible. They you're can tell you about the diet so you don't in, freak exactly. out. Yeah. You're going to walk away enlightened. And it's the same thing. And it's also the same thing with trickster spirits. People have mm-hmm. trickster spirits. That's not an indication of their morality. That's, a, that's, very, that's an indicate. This is what happens with solitary practitioners, right? They go, ooh, I want raven or ooh, I want coyote because it sounds 
spooky, right? And this is what cats talk about, right? Oh, why, boy. Why yeah. are you drawn to the spooky, right? Why are you drawn to What mm-hmm. are you trying to convey with that? On the other hand, if it's given to you in a communal setting, in a spiritual and ritual setting, mm-hmm. that's not a reflection of your morality because ambivalent spirits don't match human morality. The spirit Eshu, the spirit Elegoa, right? These spirits mm-hmm. are by nature ambivalent. They represent the balance. Because mm-hmm. tricks exist yes. in the universe. Learning through tricks is important. That doesn't mean you are a trickster. So a person who has, for right. example, Elegoa as a guide spirit doesn't make them a trickster or a liar or a huckster or anything of that sort. But people are like, oh, I want to be, I want Elegoa because he sounds spooky or I want Raven or I want Coyote or oh I want Tiger. Because <laughs> dr- and this is, this is what happens when there's a break between the communal the transmitted forms of knowledge, and the sort of solitary. None of this is to say you can't do solitary work, but you need to walk very carefully, especially when it comes to spirit work. Now, uh, we've talked about all these deities and spirits, and I I, I confess that uh, I'm very not eclectic. I'm notoriously a traditionalist. Uh, I have walked three paths. I'm uh, Tata and Kimbanda, which is a mediumship path of the Afro-Brazilian tradition. I practice hoodoo, which I was adopted in quite early on as a child. And I practice mm-hmm. my family's tradition of uh, Middle Eastern spirit magic, which is the jinns, astrology, etc., angels, you know, talismans, etc. But I keep these mm-hmm. things pretty separate. They don't, they're not blended, and they follow a very specific path. And the reason for that is that I'm a big believer, and you can get become eclectic later, if you're going to start... Start on the well-worn paths. Walk down. Yeah. You cannot find a teacher. You cannot find a guide. How do you develop a communication with a particular deity? Well, how was that deity worshipped in the past? Don't show up and be like, I'm going to worship Thor, and I'm going to give Thor kombucha. He loves kombucha. Thor oh, is goodness. a Norris deity. What the fuck is he doing with kombucha, right? Until right. you develop that relationship where he says, okay, yes, he wants kombucha. But you start mm-hmm. down the well-worn paths, right? I totally if, if agree. For example, you, you decide that you're going to connect to your Jewish roots and you want to connect with Elijah because who, who doesn't love an ass-kicking prophet that beats up the people of Baal, right? Nobody. Mm-hmm. You're going to give him, you're gonna give him non-kosher stuff. Really? Like this is mm-hmm. the right. walk down the well-worn paths. What did the people of the past do? If you can't find the teacher, walk down those traditional paths. Walk down the well-worn. They have nice guardrails. Hold on to those guardrails. That will help you develop your skill. And then the second advice I have: so one, stick to the well-worn path. Two, mm-hmm. test the spirit. Any yes. entity that comes before you, you must test them. This is a way to ensure, as Kat rightly pointed out, not all your ancestors are your friends. You are a collection of thousands upon tens of thousands of spirits stretching back to the dawn of time. Not all of those were savory people. Some were murderers. Some were horrible people. You don't need them in your life, so you test the spirits. So those are my two bits of advice. The other thing I'm going to say is we need to have Freya Rose back on for an oracle hour. We're going to dive into mediumship because this is a really cool topic. So that's all I have to say. Follow the reward path and test the That's a That's a really great idea. So to to wrap it up, Freya, I know you've been uh, posting really uh, nicely in the chat too. And I just wanted to say people who are listening to this in the archive, you should join us in chat or at least look at the chat Mm. log. Um, But you said something in the chat, and I want to quote it back. Freya said, remember for safety to set an intention 
to only meet with spirits who are working for your greatest good. That sets up a little mm-hmm. filter for who you meet up with. Right. That is Consent. absolutely true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um, to test the spirits, and I put in some quotes here from um, the book of John in the Bible about yeah. uh, trying or testing the spirits. To test the spirits, I was taught to ask them, um, where did you come from? Yeah. And oh, I one. I had a remarkable experience that taught me the value of this because I, I, um, to, uh, I saw a spirit. I said, where are you from? And this spirit was very beautiful and nice and then said i come from hell and i went whoa okay hey yo (laughs) that's a trick question right and i said well then go back shut it down okay and but it was that's the only has happened to me once in all my years of trans meditation but it was shocking and i was like okay we we need to test the spirits and um and sometimes yeah so where where are you from and they'll say, I come from your past, or, you know, I'm of your lineage, yeah. Or, yeah. or, you know, I come from the tribe of Malabar giant squirrels, or whatever they're going to say. <laughs> Yay! Yeah. The location one is really important because spirits can lie about their names, or they can, uh, they can sort of oh, yeah. obfuscate. Mm-hmm. So you can say, oh, what is they your can name? What do you, yeah, so yeah. They, a trickster spirit or a spirit that is malicious can say, what mm-hmm. do you think my name is? Or they will present mm-hmm. themselves in such a way that it seems so obvious. Oh, of course you're an oh, angel. Oh, I'm an angel. Yeah. Right, because it mm-hmm. looks so beautiful. But most spirits can't actually lie about where they come from. So that's a really, mm-hmm. really good question. Where is your origin? Where do you come from? That's and who do you serve? Honest. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Those are two phenomenal questions, Kat. Yeah. yeah. So... I I think that yeah we should have Freya back on and we'll do an oracle hour in which uh, we'll be doing mediumship. I think that's a wonderful yeah, idea. That's um, so exciting. Yeah, um, you you really know a lot, Freya, and you're bringing a lot to air the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, and I'm very grateful for that. And um, you know you. we um, we have. Um, a lot of people who want to contact their beloved dead, and yeah. not too many people in air are willing to take that journey. And oh, I think on it's such an honor. Clients. It's such a beautiful thing to be able to speak with someone who is so loved and missed, mm. and get to pass on messages from them. Like it's just, mm-hmm. I always feel so honored to be able to. I don't know, just touch that energy of love and and help people resolve things like. What a blessing, you know. It's, I'm humbled to be a part of anything like that. Yeah. Mm, yeah. An- another another thing that um, James, Reverend James, mentioned, and we've talked about this before um, in the uh, in, in talking about um, trance and astral travel. Uh, James says um, many people beside, in addition, believe that in addition to setting a filter, you it's important to protect the body while traveling. This is mm-hmm. true, and um, same is true if you're using uh, psychotropic drugs to travel, or if you're oh, using yeah. meditation. Oh, yeah. The body must be kept in a safe place um, while that's happening. There are people who have done foolish things and um, have died and not happily died because of it. Don't say, I'm going to go out and lay out in the hot sun in the sand and commune with my ancestors. Right. Not a good idea. Yeah. Or I'm going up into the snow and lay on the snow. But people have done these things 
they usually join their ancestors rather quickly. And mm. um, but you want to have a place for your body to be safe while you are uh, in a tra- trance or while you are astral traveling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And once you're done with any type of journeying or any type of travel, or if you're done communing with spirits, because there's two ways to commune. You can go out and meet them, or you can bring them to you, right? You can meet them at an Mm -hmm. altar. You can meet them in your spirit space. You can do all that. So there's Mm -hmm. two different ways. But either way, once you're done communing, there should always be a process of getting back to earth, a process of sort of reintroducing yourself in the world. So I always tell people, do the most mundane thing you can think about once you're done. Don't just go straight to bed. Don't just go straight to bed. Do something really mundane. Clean your house. Clean your home, (laughs) brush your teeth. It really helps to kind of put your physical form back on, if you will, right? It really helps you to fill out. So that's a really good strategy. Once you're done, do something really mundane. Clean your house, brush your teeth, you know, wipe down a mirror that you have. This is a really great way of just kind of go, okay, even a glass of water, a nice cold glass of water after you're done can really help soothe the spirit and bring you back into the uh, awareness of the present. Mm-hmm. So now in talking about uh, this, um, we've talked about a few ways to ground. Uh, Freya says, um, uh, wash your feet, a great way of cleansing. I say eat chocolate. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Freya says, eat a snack. And um, so those Nothing are different more things than as well. Um, in the <laughs> And I'm gonna. Uh, and Freya said also you can protect yourself by asking Archangel Michael to protect you wherever you travel, and he'll guard you. In the chat, Doctor Sweet said, "Is there anything to protect from spirit contact?" And I'm just going to mention that would be a different show. This is about right. meeting spirits and meeting them in a good way, um, saying hello. And one of the best questions I've learned to ask them is. You know, when a spirit shows up, if I say I'd like to meet a spirit in the underworld or the overworld, and I will say, what news do you bring me? What message do you have for me? And a conversation may ensue. If I'm in search of information, and Freya, you mentioned this before, looking for your lost keys, I usually go into the middle world. I go into the spirit Mm -hmm. form of the world that we're in. And I also use that when looking for um, the recently deceased, uh, a person who's gone missing and is thought to be dead. Um, One way to find them is Mm. to go into the middle world. And um, some of my friends, we mentioned Christopher Warnock as someone who had translated a a version of the Picatrix. He Mm -hmm. had um, some uh, actually located a body of someone who had been killed, a rather famous case. And um, oh, yeah, and so I yeah. and it, so I'm just going to say it it can be done by um, looking around you, and uh, also I think he used some astrological help in order to um, center where he was looking. So oh, cool. That's my advice. There's our music. Thank you so what much. What a great job. Yeah, thank you so much, Freya. Yeah. Well, we're gonna. Yeah, thank uh, you. Now, we're going to turn this over to Clifford, and he's going to bring in our client for a reading. Okay. Support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com, and by the Association of Independent Readers and Rootworkers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org. 
On Baihudu Psychics, the first psychic line run entirely by Hoodoo practitioners. Receive a reading with a trusted root worker instantly. Call 1-888-4-HOODOO or visit hoodoopsychics.com. And by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches, located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and to talk to today's client. Our caller is um, Cyprian Inspired from area code 425. Um, let's see. Uh, have you ever had Hello? a uh, reading? Hello. Are you there? I guess you are there. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, your situation is that you, your love life stinks and you suspect that some crossed conditions, despite your use of conjurement, Ollie's bath multiple times and other uncrossing slash protective work, is your current relationship over? What can you do to bring in a new, good, long-lasting, loving relationship? All right. So, Cyprian Inspired, I'm going to ask a question. Um, what is your sign of the Zodiac? Uh, I'm a Scorpio. Scorpio, my favorite sign. Well, with the name <laughs> Cyprian Inspired, um, usually I do the first reading and Conjurman brings us up with the root work, but Cyprian Inspired makes me think that Conjurman should do the first reading. You mentioned Conjurman's bath, and also Conjurman himself is Cyprian Inspired. So take it away, Conjurman. That's how it yeah, we uh, we usually uh, flip readings every every couple of weeks. It's Kat and me, mm-hmm. and it hasn't been a while, so this is a perfect time for for a little bit of a flip. Let me uh, ask a couple questions, uh, clarifying, and then I can I can read for you. First and foremost, uh, it seems like you were just recently in a relationship, and it looks like it's kind of petering out. Um, when did it start to peter out? Um. Uh... Since Easter, it, it's not so much a petering, but um, I would say a repetitive pattern of kind a of repetitive a, pattern. Okay. Yeah. And when did you do? And when did you do the, the a repetitive pattern that is leading you to say, "All right, this thing might be over." Yeah, uh, that, that I would say, yeah, uh, Easter um, Sunday, uh, and then again, okay. maybe Tuesday. And when did you do the uh, uncrossing bath? Um, I did one, uh, I think, um, the week before Good Friday. I did one uh, a couple days ago on Friday. Um, and then I've, I've, I just also did a, a week-long uh, uncrossing bathing ritual, with, um, but just some different ingredients. Okay, good, good. All right, so first uh, I'll just give you a couple uh, little tips and pointers uh, right off the bat. Uh, uncrossing baths, when you uncross them, can, uh, if you're in a relationship or if you're part of a relationship, can kind of reveal the, the stuff that are a little bit icky because uncrossing is saying, remove all the things that are holding me back, all the things that might not be good for me, all the things that are a pattern that keep me from happiness. And if this individual or this relationship is part of that pattern, it'll be made aware. So this is something that we find in cut and clear work and uncrossing work and road opening work. The things that you are not meant to have or the things that may not be good for you reveal themselves once you do those type of rituals. So the question is, uh, why is it that you do these rituals but you still haven't quite found the type of love that you're looking at? 
So the very first card that we have here is the Five of Wands. And the Five of Wands show five people competing. This generally for me is an indication that there is outside influence. It is not a full-blown, say, curse where someone is sitting there burning black candles on you, but it does indicate that there is somebody with spiritual influence that is disrupting this. Generally, because it's a wand card, I view it as a form of evil eye. So this is how I would see it. There is some form of evil eye that is interfering and so you can uncross yourself but unless you put up some form of protection or remove the evil eye it's going to just come back every once in a while so there's somebody who is present enough that they know just enough about your relationship or just enough about you and maybe they see it through social media or maybe they see you at work or whatever it is they have just enough of a connection that when things are going right they can interfere and so you need to do some really strong protection work followed when you do the uncrossing work and you need to break this evil eye i would do and i'm signaling to cat we work good as, as partners in this regard uh i would mm -hmm. do a really strong reversal work that just breaks their eye right so this is a really strong indication because you're on, on an even playing field five wands five competitors struggling it out no one comes out on top so you need to do something to change and break that dynamic the next card that we get here is the Ace of Pentacles, indicating that in no way, shape, or form are you destined to not find love. You will find love. It will be granted to you and given to you. It will come likely gradually. Here we see a hand reaching out of the cloud, holding a coin in its hand. It is the gift. But it is an earth sign, so that means it comes gradually, it comes slowly, and more often than not, may come from a direction you least expect it. You may not be looking for it in the right place, but it will arrive, and the love will come into your life. It will be fulfilling, and it will grow. It will be a seed that is planted, and it will blossom from there. So this is a positive sign. The question is, you know, when can you expect it? The next card is the Four of Pentacles, and here we have a merchant handing out those coins to indigents or people who are less fortunate wait, than wait, them. Wait, isn't that the Six? The oh, Six of Pentacles, I'm sorry, did I say Four? You said Four, okay. Yeah, Six of Pentacles. Sorry. I'm speaking fast. Okay. The Six of Pentacles, here we have a merchant who's handing out these coins to individuals who are receiving them. They're in a less privileged, less uh, stable position. So there is an imbalance here. This indicates that being open to love and being open to love from places you might not expect or might not even think about is going to be crucial for you for finding something fulfilling. If you're not aware, if you're not open to it, if you're not willing to accept it from these other avenues, then you will find yourself at a disadvantage, only receiving a pittance of what you actually deserve, getting something that is only partially what it is you want. So maybe the person is super hot, but they're not uh, warm or affectionate. Or maybe they're warm and affectionate, but they're not honest. You're not getting the full package, in other words. So it's very important for you to kind of open yourself up to be look at these different sources. This may come from, a, again, this may come from you breaking out of your normal dating pool. It may come from breaking from what you normally expect, removing the expectations you have on it, and really just putting your faith and trust in spirit. So there's a sort of three-part thing you need to do. First, you need to do a love uncrossing again, followed by a really strong protection work that breaks that evil eye. And then 
break the patterns that you usually have in your relationship and do something completely out of the normal experience, out of the normal, opening yourself up, putting your full faith and trust in spirit, in the Lord, in the creator, to bring to you the love that you deserve and recognize that you are deserving of love, that you should have the love that you want. You don't have to settle. You don't have to have these type of relationships. You can have what it is you seek. I had a fourth card jump out here. I'm just going to note it. It is the star card. When that comes out, it's generally just an advice that says you should at some point or another get a really deep dive into either your natal chart or you should do some type of life reading with the tarot or you should do anyone who does, does this kind of a deeper dive work Seek them out. The tarot life reading can work here. Astrological life reading can work here. Even mediumship with ancestors all can work. But you need someone that will map out the long trajectory and see if there's anything that's a bit of snarl within that trajectory. So that's just the final bit of advice that I have here. But overall, a message of hope, just a little bit of work and gradual change over time. We're going to turn this over to Freya, and then Miss Kat will give you a recommendation. All right. Thanks, Conjure Man. Uh, hi, Cyprian Inspired. Thanks so much for today. <laughs> so it's fascinating to me because I pulled some cards for you. Uh, I'm using the Tarot of the Crone. This is just about <laughs> what's going on. And I have a very similar reading of Contraband just gave you, but almost just like a different perspective on the same issue, if that makes sense. Um, I was seeing, too, that that unfortunately, I'm sorry, but this relationship, you know, it is ending. I see I pulled a crow, which is just flying free over a situation. It's a card about movement and kind of a higher perspective and leaving something behind. Um, so I do feel like, you know, that that is passing out of your life. But the rest of it was very, very positive. The next card next to that was about keeping hope alive and checking in with spirit to see kind of where to go next. Um, I am hearing, it it wasn't given to me as an evil eye, but I saw that you're not crossed, you're not cursed or anything like that, but there is a pattern that is expressing itself in your love life. And I was hearing from the goddess that it is basically, it's almost like a familial pattern that's been passed down to you. It's something that needs to be broken. And I see this a ton in this generation that's on earth right now is, Uh, especially I'm seeing that you have kind of latent psychic abilities that are going to be coming to the forefront soon. Like if you don't know about that now, you will, my friend. Uh, But people who have really strong gifts like that, it's almost like we're the ones who agreed to take on this, this burden or this cycle that our family's been passing on from one generation to the next. And we're the ones who are stepping in to be like, no, enough. We're going to heal this. We're going to stop it. And then we're going to pass that healing back along through our ancestral line and forward through our descendants. Enough is enough. And so I would actually encourage you to think about patterns with relationships between your parents, patterns passed down from your father's side. I'm hearing about like settling for someone because of a sense of duty or something like that, but you know that there's something inherently kind of unstable. Um, but you're, you're, it's almost like loyal to a fault. Uh, the central card that I got is the sun. And in my deck, it's just this beautiful, radiant figure, this woman in this case, but it's gender neutral. But she's just like dripping gold coins from her hands. She's drawing in everything good. 
So it's almost like what you forget that you are. Like you've got it. You've never lost it. You do deserve the best, and you can have it. You can attract anything that you want to have abundance in this area of your life. Um, I have a card about inspiration, and then right next to that is one just being like, dude, you're psychic. (laughs) And saying that the way to draw correct love into your life is to look at those patterns See where that's being passed along and where that's been reflected in the patterns in your own relationships and and really do that inner work to be like, okay, I see what I've been doing. I don't have to do that anymore. It's totally up to me. But then also find a way to commune with spirit. Like we're talking about today, like you have guides who want to reach out to you and help you identify these patterns and break them. And you have the ability to speak with them and to connect with spirit on a really deep level. And in your future, I pulled a card of basically sexual ecstasy. Call it the orgasm card. It's just called rapture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Always a good thing. And it's right next to a card about commitment. And so mm-hmm. you will have everything that you need in the future. It's just about doing that inner work to break the patterns, realize your own power, your own potential, your own ability to speak with spirit. And then you can attract the exact kind of person that you want. Like, love is always available. You just have to know what you're worth and what you want to attract. Don't attract something that's not bad, that's bad for you, basically. Attract something that will nourish you and feed your spirit and be the full package, like Contraman Ali was saying. Um, so, yeah, it's almost just like a different perspective on the same kind of issues. There's There's other people interfering, but in my case, I was hearing it's that sort of ancestral pattern of being with the wrong people because you're trying to be a good dude, you know? Time to break that habit and get what you deserve and what will nourish you. I hope that makes sense. It's beautiful. Very, very nice. All right, I'm going to prescribe some root work. So I'm going to start first with sort of um, drawing a line in the sand. And Contraman uh, said he saw interference of others, and that is often expressed as the evil eye. It can also be not a curse, because it's not like someone sat down and made an altar and burned black candles upside down on your head. That's not what that is. It's jealousy. It's gossip. It's just that thought you had something that they had wanted. Who it is is unimportant. The idea is to uh, reverse it. So I would simply do something very quick to put up a little bit of reversing um, around your house. If you live in an apartment, um, sometimes people would just take a little bit of reversing oil and put it on the windows facing outward. If you live in a house, people sometimes take a, little mirrors, put them around the house facing outward. There's many ways to do this, not just one. And um, you can uh, work for protection through mirroring. That's the, one of the easiest ways to get rid of an evil eye curse. And you can also just, um, you know, uh, do a little bit of um, work. We, we have a book we, that um, came out in the 40s by Henri Gamache, who was a pseudonym of Anne Fleitman, called Terrors of the Evil Eye Exposed. And there's a revised edition that I 
uh, did with the help of Jeremy Weiss, Dr. Jeremy, and it contains the most evil eye repelling uh, material that you'll find in one book. It was the most when the book first came out, but now it's even more because we added more to it. Just spell after spell after spell on how to how to uh, get rid of the eye of jealousy. Now that will not draw in love, but you want to do that first. And there's a, there's a number of ways to do it. From everything from um, oh my gosh, um, bathing in um, certain herbs, burning a spond. There's so many of them, burning cloves. I, as I said, there's just it, it's a wealth of anti-evil eye stuff. But I'll give you as an example. Get some spond and some cloves and burn them on charcoal. And that's a good way to just dispel that. Take the um, smoke as it comes up and just waft it around your head in circles. Make seven circles. And that will clear you up. Now, the next thing you're going to do is to start over again. Yes. Um, yes. I was wondering, as far as mirror work, uh, would Bagua mirrors um, be a good Bagua option? Bagua mirrors are perfect, as... yes. Bagua mirrors okay. are exactly what you want. In fact, if you've ever seen Enter the Dragon with Bruce Lee, there's a scene where he has Bagua <laughs> mirrors on his windowsill. <laughs> yeah, that's a very good way to work. Another thing that mm-hmm. works, uh, just to quickly say, is those little... Um, uh, convex mirrors that are made with adhesive on the back that you put on your rear view mirror in your car, the kind that say, you know, objects are closer, you know, than they appear. Those little circles you buy them at any auto parts store, and they just peel off the adhesive, and you can stick them on the four sides of your house. <laughs> they really work well. Nice. Okay. So, but going on, after after you've done basic, and you can put a little cross of reversing oil on them. After you've done a basic protection like that, um, I'd like you to do something to draw in love. So what I would do is start by burning white candles, just small white candles. You could use tea lights, or you could use four-inch candles. You can use... Um, white Sabbath candles or any kind of small white candle that doesn't burn for too long. I'm not recommending a great jar candle or, or pillar candle for this because you're going to want to do this a short amount of time and then relight them again, so 15 minutes at a time. And you're not going to want to have to you know, reach a long match down into your big glass candle. So what you're going to do is um, sit in meditation. Now, we talked about inviting spirits, right? And so you're going to um, bathe, and um, I would bathe in something that is love-oriented, any kind of, not a love-uncrossing now, but a love-enhancing bath. And again, you can look up at Hoodoo at a Glance. You'll find all of the things from roses and Damiana onward, and just make yourself a a little um, love bath. And you might want to mix up a bunch of those herbs and then get a muslin bag. And each time you take a bath, you just uh, put, you know, new herbs in that muslin bag. That way you don't have to constantly be having herbs going down your drain. And so you're going to do a little bath. If you don't have time for a bath, just take a little bit of that, make a tea in a basin of water, just wash your hands and um, a face and the bottoms of the soles of your feet. Sit in meditation with the white candle, which you can dress with attraction oil, and um, any other kind of oil that you feel is what you want. If you want marriage, if you want hot sex, fire of love, there's a marriage oil. There are many of you know, come to me, lavender love. There are so many different types of oils for love. Dress the candle and just sit there in meditation and say um, to whomever you address yourself, whether it's your ancestors, whether it's God Almighty, whether it's 
Venus, you know, the goddess of love and desire, whatever it is that you feel comfortable addressing, say to the spirits, please bring me a sign of my true love. And if it's a husband or wife you want, you know, my mate-to-be, my partner-to-be. And if it's just a casual affair you want, you just say, my lover-to-be. And you sit there and while that candle burns and go into a state of reverie and start seeing and feeling what you feel and see, write it down in a journal. You'll begin to see things like, um, I'm going to meet my lover at a concert or I'm going to meet my lover in the woods or something. You're going to start seeing ideas pop up as you do this. Do it every day, just a small candle, no more than 15 minutes, 10 minutes may be enough. You're going to start seeing images, write them down, but be prepared that they may not be literal images. Like if you're going to meet your lover in the woods, maybe it's going to be someone named Woods, right? That could be their name. Like I had a vision of Shiva, and I met a man named Nagashiva. Um, mm. So that's how you do it, okay? All right, I want you to do that and do it and for at luck. least... Yeah, good luck to you. Do it for at least nine days. All right. Wow. Okay. Now we're going to have our fabulous um, announcement from Beyond the Stars. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, Fridays, 1 to 2. And Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 7 to 8. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And now it's time for our free spell segment from our special guest, Freya Rose of FreyaHealings.com in New Mexico. Take it away, Freya. All right, thank you, Clifford. Uh, so my spell today is actually more of a ritual, just kind of in the theme of how to do shamanic journeys. I just find it's an easy way to get started practicing, reaching out to spirits, and practice going to that upper world or that lower world and meeting up with people who want to help you and bless you. Um, so all right, here is kind of a Nordic flair <laughs> that I'm putting on the shamanic journey. So first off, you always want to set your intention in your mind, as we talked about earlier, about what kind of spirit or guide you'd like to encounter in the spirit world. Um, either envision yourself in a white or gold light sphere that you are protected, you're only meeting spirits who have your greatest good in mind, um, or ask you know any of your spirit crew to help you, like Michael, to protect you as you go. But anyway, so set your intention and get ready. Um, go to a quiet, preferably dark place where you can completely relax and you won't be interrupted and take several deep, even breaths to quiet your body. I do this in the bathtub because I know cats or my husband can't find me there. <laughs> so that's my special shamanic journey place. Um, but basically, you can use drums or not, but once you're relaxed and breathing deeply, 
what you want to do is imagine a bright golden white light emanating from your heart. Like our chakras or our energy centers in our body can actually be used as little doorways to get to places in the spirit world, to get to alternate forms of consciousness. So imagine that bright golden white light coming from your heart. Watch that light grow in your mind's eye, big as your body, like the light is now this sphere surrounding you, and then step through it. You've just created a doorway and stepped through it into the spirit world. So once you're through the light, imagine yourself facing an enormous tree. There's a concept in uh, Norse religions and Celtic religions called Yggdrasil, the world tree. I'm sure you guys have seen that imagery. It's like that huge tree where the branches go up to the heavens and the roots stretch all the way down into the earth and the underworld. And on the sides, the roots join the branches. So it's like this infinite circle with this giant tree of life. So what you want to do is use this tree as kind of like a highway system to get you where you want to go. So if you wanted to meet with a, a deity or an angel or something like that, what you'd want to do is climb up the trunk of the world tree. So you go through your door from your heart, you see the world tree before you, and just start climbing. Climb up the trunk of the world tree, climb up the branches. And like I said before, there will come a point where you feel this almost like membrane or this shift around you where you're like, oh, I've arrived somewhere. So you'll be in the upper world, and there will be someone there to meet you. If you wanted to talk to ancestors, animals, dragons, unicorns, things like that, you just do the same thing. But you climb down the trunk of the world tree, Yggdrasil, climb down the roots, feel the dampness and the cool of the earth around you, like really get into it with your senses, whichever direction you're going. Uh, there'll come a place where you realize you're dropping down into an open space or a field or a cavern, and there'll be someone waiting for you there as well. So, and when you're done meeting with your spirit guide, you know, ask them if they have a message for you, see who's there, have a chat. <laughs> and don't be discouraged, by the way, if you're doing this for the first time and you have a difficult time visualizing, you can just feel this emotionally. It works just the same. If you get messages in the form of like a color or a single word or just a feeling in your heart, that is perfectly okay and completely valid information from spirit. And the more you practice, the more you'll build this kind of journeying muscle. It'll get easier and easier each time you do it. So this is just something to be practiced. Uh, and once you're done, you'll want to return the way you came, like Kondraman Ali was talking about. You always want to retrace your steps back out of the spirit world. So thank whoever you're with, climb up the roots or climb down the branches, you know, climb back down that trunk of the world tree until you're back where you started. And then again, you'll see that golden white light as almost like a doorway. That's your heart center. So you step back through that and feel yourself kind of settling back into your body, coming back into normal consciousness. Uh, and here's where you want to take a minute. Like, don't come back too fast so you'll be jarred, you know, wiggle your fingers and toes with your eyes closed, feel the couch underneath you or the bathtub water, come back slowly. And then once you're awake and you open your eyes, you know, like we were talking about earlier, do something to make yourself feel like, oh, I'm back in my physical body. Here I am. You know, wash your feet, have a snack. Chocolate is wonderful, like Miss Kat mentioned. Uh, but, yeah, that is an easy way to kind of have a roadmap of where to go is using Yggdrasil. 
Uh, in the Norse tradition, Yggdrasil connects the nine worlds, Asgard, where the gods live, Midgard, where we live, or the middle world, um, underworld. So, yeah, I, I just like it as a visual tool and a roadmap to help me get where I want to go. So I hope that helps you guys. Give it a try. Wow. Interesting. That's, uh, Interesting. that's really nice. Um, I really like the idea of using a tree to climb up and down. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also a, another tree that people um, talk about, the Tree of Life, which is a Jewish Kabbalistical idea of a tree which has stages along it. Um, mm-hmm. You can sometimes find um, people who blend Jewish and Nordic ideas and they'll put the pattern of what's called the Lurianic Tree of Life, called Lurianic because Rabbi Luria drew out the diagram. And they put the tr- pattern of the Lurianic Tree of Life on Yggdrasil and it's kind of this fabulous combination of, of Nordic and Semitic ideas together. And they work together, yes. interestingly enough. Um, there are other ways of of having a meditation that will take you to a place. You mentioned earlier a cave, and that's a very old one that was taught to me back in the 60s. And another one is to go into a garden with a fountain with flowers. Hmm. So all oh, of those are that. those are well-known destinations very cool. of, of, by trans practitioners. Thank you so much, Freya. It was just absolutely wonderful. Wonderful I hope, topic. I hope that people Thank will you, do it. Uh, one other thing before I uh, turn this over to um, Clifford. Uh, Cyprian Inspired, in the chat, someone said, by the way, Conjurman wrote a book on St. Cyprian. And uh, Conjurman, tell us where that is found now, because it's no longer published as a book. It's in you a know, compilation. I have, I have no idea, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but it's available. If you find it online and Google it, you'll probably be able to find it. Was Hadean Press, right? It was originally Hadean Press. Yeah. Okay. Well, all right. Look for look for that book. All right. We'll turn this over to Clifford, the multimillionaire. <laughs> thank you, Miss Cat and Tonsure Man, and thank you, Frey Rose of FreyHealings.com in uh, New Mexico for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week with our special guest will be Stuart Palm of StuartPalm.com.com on the topic of using cards for magic and manifestation. Once again, we've come to the end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find Miss Cat via Lucky Mojo form at form.luckymojo.com and Conjurman at ConjurmanConsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. I'm your announcer, Clifford Lowe, joining you from ClifferLowe.com. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Work Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. And the shows are available in archive via luckymojo.com slash radioshow.html. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to thank you for being here and invite you to tune in again once next week. Once again next week, at this same time, you will hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Waltz. Thanks, everybody. Blessings of prosperity. Great prosperity to all of you on this happy Mother's Day, and goodbye. All right. Thank you, Clifford. Thank you, everybody, for being here. I um, want to give a shout-out to some of the folks in the chat. Dr. Derensburg, Gladiator, um, Patricia, Cousin Joshua, Dr. Sweets, Tony I, Angela L., and um, we love it, the fact that, oh, and, and uh, Sydney D.C., Reverend James, Onyx Rose, we love it that you're here, that you join us in chat, and, of course, everyone can listen in the archive. Be sure to buy your tickets 
for the Hoodoo Heritage Festival on sale now at hoodooheritagefestival.com. Good night. Good night. Good night, all. Bye-bye. Night. Night.